There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's Tuesday, and this is our edition of the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is Brother Tim McVeigh. And I'm sitting here in my dining room, a.k.a. our studio. And so we're here in our multi-dollar studio, and I'm looking out the windows and enjoying the sunshine. They were calling for extreme weather, terrible weather. So rather than plug the laptop in and risk uh, maybe having some damage, I said, well, we'll hold off on that. Well, the weather went around us. We did not get any kind of extreme weather. It's extremely windy out, but not windy enough to stop the children from playing wiffle ball. Now, most children would use a heavier ball, but my children use a wiffle ball in the wind. And so it's made it pretty interesting. So we've enjoyed the day. We thank God for this good day. We thank the Lord for each of you that listen. We were at the Dublin Mills Community Church this past weekend, and I know some of the folks there uh, let us know that they were listening. One man there had chided me uh, gently about uh, having a 30-minute podcast. And I told him as soon as he becomes my sound engineer and uh, comes over to the house and helps me record and edits and uploads, then I'll be glad to do 30 minutes. And so you all pray for him and uh, pray that God would get a hold of his heart about being our sound engineer. And uh, maybe he could have a mobile recording studio. We put it in the back of a van. We'd come over here and I'd get in the back of the van. And that's what all the big time podcasters do. They have mobile recording studios in their buses or they have, uh, maybe if they're a pastor, they have a church with a uh, tremendous recording room where they do their music projects and speaking projects. And they record radio broadcasts and podcasts. They have sound engineers to edit it. They got thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars of equipment. Well, the Lord's blessed us with a $15 microphone, a $300 laptop laptop and a couple of cables. So we thank God for that. Amen. We're not professional, but I know one thing. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And thank God for that. As we look at these messianic psalms, I want to look at them by faith. I told a pastor friend of mine the other day, one of the things I really struggle with in doing this is I don't want to go too far. I don't want to get stretched out thin where I'm, I'm missing what the scriptures say and trying to find a messianic psalm that's not there. But yet I believe so far we've seen Jesus Christ in these psalms. We don't see Jesus Christ in the sense of uh, prophecy in every psalm, but we certainly do see him in most of these psalms uh, to date. And so we thank the Lord for that. We're going to see him again in Psalm 32 with the Lord's help today. I hope this doesn't wear you thin. I hope this doesn't bore you. I hope you're not tired of hearing the psalms. We've covered much of the ground, uh, the sorrows, the grief, uh, Last week, we talked about extolling versus exalting, and, and uh, we've talked about the uh, weeping, his tears being put in a bottle. We've talked about the soul. We've talked about his body. Today, I want to talk about something a little bit different. We're talking about the spirit of Jesus Christ, and so we see that here in Psalm 32, and I'm not going to go too far doctrinally with this, or else it'll be two or three podcasts, but I want to look at the bare basics of what the psalm is saying here, messianically, concerning Christ, and he says in verse 1, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Now, we're talking about a psalm of David here, Maskeel, 
And so we're looking at David again writing, and he says that great statement, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Now, I told a dear brother at the church there the other day, I said, it's interesting how the Lord does this, but it's interesting how the Lord will transition. Even as David prophesies, he goes from the third to the first person, and uh, the Lord does that, and, and it makes a challenge for me. It makes it difficult sometimes to look at that psalm and say, okay, is David speaking of himself? And by the way, David normally is speaking of himself. It is in his calamity and in his trials and in his rejoicing that the Holy Ghost comes upon him, and he speaks holy words, and we have the word of God that's received from David. But in that, when the Holy Ghost comes upon that man, that man prophesies concerning Jesus Christ so many times in the scripture. And so, yes, we see David here, uh, but we also began to see Jesus Christ in this song when he says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. What transgression is that? Well, it's coming short of the law of God. It's transgressing the law of God. Why? Jesus Christ has been made sin for us. And his sins, of course, been forgiven. I understand that. People say, well, he didn't sin, did he? Well, he was made sin for us. But then the word says, the word of God says, whose sin is covered, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, so that lawlessness is not imputed to that man. Now, you and I can say the same thing today because of Jesus Christ. Uh, the iniquity is not imputed to us today because of Christ. What is imputed to us? The faith of Jesus Christ. His righteousness is imputed unto us. We thank God for that. And so we see that in the person of Jesus Christ. It accompanies salvation. But then he goes on, he says, and in whose spirit there is no guile. So again, David's speaking of Christ. He says, in whom spirit is no guile. Now, what is the spirit of Jesus Christ? Let me say this. And recently, a dear brother and I were speaking, and he talked about his former pastor. And his pastor would talk about the spirit of Jesus Christ, having not known sin, uh, not being uh, made sin, what his soul was made an offering for sin. His flesh was offered on the cross of Calvary. His flesh died the death of men. His flesh went to the grave. His soul died the death of sinners and went to hell. But his spirit, he gave back to the Father. So he gave his spirit to the Father. Why? It had known no sin. That's why he said in the whose spirit there is no guile. There is no guile in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Yet it's that spirit that gave him life. God returned that spirit to him, reunited with his soul, and resurrected that body. And Jesus Christ came out of that grave alive, and he's alive forevermore. He came out bodily with his soul and his spirit returned to him. That's the resurrection. You and I, by the way, will be the same day one day. Our soul, our spirit, our body will be reunited. They'll be together forever. Those of us who are saved by the good grace of God and be together forever in Jesus Christ in heavenly places. We thank God for that. The spirit of Jesus Christ knew no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Now notice that transition. Blessed is the man. And then he says in verse three, when I kept silence. So now he's speaking in that first person of Jesus Christ. He is prophesying as Jesus Christ. This is the spirit of Jesus Christ speaking here. And he says, I kept silence. My bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. When is that? Well, we've talked about the bones of Jesus Christ. We've talked about the suffering of Christ. We've talked about the agony of, of his flesh, if you will. His bones are a great part of that, yet not one of his bones was broken, according to the scripture. He says, for day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. 
Again, Jesus Christ said, I thirst. And we see when he thirsted, he physically thirsted, spiritually thirsted as well. But it's because he's turned into the drought of summer. All the moisture is gone. He's the water of life. Yet the moisture is departed from him. Why? He's been made sin for us. And again, a Messianic Psalm, we're looking at David prophesying concerning this great event. And it's important to understand when he says, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer, it can be no one else but Christ. Then he tells us this, Selah. Take notice of this. Stop and look at this. Ponder this. Because we're going to see this when Jesus Christ simply says on the cross, I thirst. Why? Because he's turned into the drought of summer. There's no relief for him. He says in verse 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Now we see David speaking. We see David concerning this. David said on this wise in Psalm 51, when he was caught in the matter of Bathsheba, the matter of Uriah the Hittite, have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And so what he's speaking of in verse 5 here is acknowledging your sin, confessing your sin. John said if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's our sins. That's the things we've committed. That's the things we've done. Here he says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. That nature of sin. David is speaking here. David is, I believe, speaking of himself here because of that sin nature that David has. And he's acknowledged his sin. Mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And now forgave us the iniquity of my sin. Selah. So again, there's a delineation between those selahs. Stop and ponder this. Then I believe David is telling, uh, speaking on his own behalf. And he says, selah, stop and ponder this, chew on this. Then in verse 6, he says, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Then he says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance, Selah. So again, David reverts back to Jesus Christ. He's speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ. Why? He says, for everyone that is godly, pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. When might he be found? In the resurrection, in life, in the resurrection of life. And he says, uh, Thou shalt compass me about with songs of delivery. Why? Because thou art my hiding place. He's hid with God in Christ. That's you and I's position today. Hid with God in Jesus Christ. He is our hiding place. We can sing those songs of deliverance. Why? God has compassed us about with songs of deliverance because he compassed about his son with songs of deliverance. When his soul's been offered for sin, when his body's in the grave, death has come upon him. The sorrows of hell have compassed him about. The sorrows of death have compassed him about. He is afraid of the ungodly men that have come upon him. And what did he say? He said, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. What a wonderful promise. We see there in his 
turmoil we see there in his strife we see there in in the destruction of jesus christ his souls were made an offering for sin but yet the songs of deliverance have compassed him about why because he's about to cross that great gulf he's about to go into abraham's bosom and there god's mercy has been extended to him and those songs of deliverance have compassed him about i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go i will guide thee with mine eye be not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. And I preached on this podcast not too many weeks hence, and I spoke about those things that compass Jesus Christ, the dogs, the bulls, the archers, hell death. All of those things have compassed Jesus Christ about. There on the cross of Calvary, the whole world's against him. All of hell has raged against him. Men have gnashed upon him and cursed him and mocked him and beaten him, scourged him. Hell's been unleashed on him. Even his own father has turned on him. The Godhead has turned on him. He's been made sin for us. He's been made an offering for sin for us. Yet in the midst of all of that, what did he find? He found mercy. Can I say to you and I, not to rehash an old podcast, but it just stirs in my soul. Though the world rage, though our flesh rage, though Satan rage, mercies of God have compassed us about. I'm safe in the arms of God. All of hell can rage against me, but nothing's going to get through. Even as Job or Satan said of Job, thou hast hedged him about. Put a hedge about him. And my friend, God can put a hedge around the righteous and his mercy compasses our bow. What is that? It's a hedge of protection. It's a hedge of safety. It's a hedge of shelter. It's something the wicked can know nothing about because there's many sorrows to the wicked. They don't have that shelter. They don't have that safety. That's why they're always concerned about their own safety. That's why they're always concerned about their own being, always concerned about their own finances and living their own life. But yet the just shall live by faith. We live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. God has compassed about with his mercy. God's been good to us. God's been merciful to us. God's been kind to us. He's a kind God. He's a long-suffering God. Bless his holy name. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. And might I say, that is something to rejoice about, that God would compass us about, that God would see our meager frame and our pathetic makeup, and the weakness and the frailty of our flesh. He knows we are but man, and he sees our flesh and blood, knows how weak we are, he knows how frail we are, and that he would compass us about with his mercy. Bless his holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. Can I say rejoice and shout for joy? For certainly God's been good to us. Certainly God has put his protective hand upon us. Certainly God has guided us by his strong right arm and his mighty hand. He said, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Now, who is more upright in heart than Jesus Christ? But might I say, in Jesus Christ, you and I also can be upright in heart. We don't have to be downtrodden. We don't have to be laid low. We don't have to be pooch-mouthed. If you were my children, learned that 
marvelous, marvelous song of the faith, the poochie lip will get you if you don't watch out. And they go around the house singing, the poochie lip will get you if you don't watch out. But you know, there's a lot of truth in that children's song. Boy, people are downtrodden, they're about overthrown, about destroyed, they're depressed, they're sad, they're sorrowful, they're miserable. But he said, shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. I pray if you're upright in heart, have that relationship with the Lord, have that fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that certainly God has compassed you about with mercy. You have something to rejoice over. You have something to shout over. Until tomorrow, would you rejoice in the goodness of God? Would you reflect on his mercy that has compassed you about? Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. There only was tried. Now the angels of God are rejoicing. For the prodigal child has come home. And the saints all with gladness are singing.